A carefully designed estate plan is a crucial component in a well-rounded wealth management plan, and this is particularly true for high net worth individuals and households. Today, our guest expert will address some common misunderstandings about the estate planning process and why you may want to reevaluate your current plan. Coming up on Your Money Manual with Vince Annable. And now here's the host of Your Money Manual, the CEO of Wealth Strategies Advisory Group and creator of the Household Endowment Model, Vince Annable. Hey, good day. Welcome to Your Money Manual, the educational show we designed around the fact that when it comes to investing, your money doesn't come with instructions. You know that. We know that. So our goal is to provide you with valuable information from industry experts, our valued partners, if you will, to help you with making proper investment decisions. But in addition to that, very important to be making proper financial decisions. And so today's topic is going to be estate planning. And attorney friend J. Allen Solberg is a partner at the law firm Davis Miles McGuire Gardner in Tempe. Mr. Solberg's practice specialties include wills, trusts, estates, asset protection, business and commercial transactions. And he and his firm are also an important part of our virtual family office. And we use their counsel on a regular basis for our current clients. So, Alan, thanks for being with us today. Pleasure is mine, Vince. Thanks for having me. So let's get started. What are the key points of estate planning that our listeners should be aware of? And if you would, before you step into that, just give us an, an overview of Davis Miles and what you guys are best known for, qualified for. Absolutely. We're a regional firm, Southwest Regional Firm. We have offices in Albuquerque, Salt Lake, as you mentioned, Tempe. We kind of advertise ourselves as the last law firm you'll ever need. And that approach is focused mainly on the different practice areas and the specialties that we have here. Everything from a very sophisticated bankruptcy team to personal injury to complex civil litigation and to a, a very sophisticated transactional department. And that's where I'm a partner in. I'm with the transactional department, as you mentioned, that uh, field of law is kind of within my purview. Purpose of topic and conversation today is it relates to state plan asset protection. To answer your question, I think the best way I can explain it, everything in my world as it relates to estate planning and asset protection, largely governed by how assets are titled. And I can look at any client's assets and put them into one of three buckets. First one would be sole and separate bucket, meaning the asset is titled just in that one individual's name. Second bucket would be that of jointly held assets, so a jointly held checking or savings account, brokerage account. Here in Arizona, it might relate to community property designations with rights of survivorship. And then that third bucket would be the bucket of assets held by contract. And probably the best example I could give you of a contractually held asset is that of a life insurance policy. We have a contractual obligation with a third party also bound by contract. And the reason I start there is within that realm of those different titled assets, we plan through trusts, wills, and other 
LLC holding company family partnership type of structure to ensure that the titling is consistent with what the family client goals are. Is that helpful? That makes sense. Yes. So what are some of the misunderstandings in regards to all of that titling that many people have and should be addressed early on? And to go back to that same conversation, so often I'll sit with clients that will have a very well-crafted trust, not realizing that the trust assets fall into the contractual bucket. Meaning if you have a beautifully drafted trust, but your assets are all titled either in your own name or jointly held, that trust is not doing anything for you. In order for that trust language to apply, for that contract to work, you have to bind the asset or fund the asset to that trust. Can't tell you how many times I'll sit down with a client who thinks that they have dotted their I's, crossed their T's, and something as simple as a primary residence is in their own name rather than in the name of the trust. The other big misconception that I see very, very often is a presumption that a revocable living trust is providing asset protection options for the person that formed that trust. And that's just quite simply is not the case. These revocable trusts have some fantastic asset protection mechanisms built in as it relates to the beneficiaries of that trust. But a revocable trust in and of itself does not offer asset protection to those clients. And so oftentimes I'll sit down realizing that an asset protection strategy is crucially important for the client. They think that they have it through a revocable trust and we're able to walk them through what their options as it relates to many, perhaps an irrevocable trust holding with a family limited partnership in place to kind of help clear up some of those misconceptions and get them the protection they're looking for. So what are some of the reasons that somebody would want to have an asset protection plan? That's good. Primary concern, vast majority of my clients are coming to me because a parent has passed away and either they're stuck with a nasty mess on their hand because that parent did not plan ahead or they're coming to me realizing how smooth the transition is at their parent's death, realizing that they need to also button up themselves. And so oftentimes, particularly for the first time as an estate plan drafter, that's the type of client we'll receive. But even more important in my experience is those that have checked this box off their list, think that they have a valid estate plan in place, only to realize that it was drafted 10 years ago, where, for example, the estate tax threshold was $2 million and under. And there might be a situation where some of the planning that made perfect sense 10 years ago as it relates to the estate tax threshold may be very cumbersome and completely unnecessary in light of the fact that our estate tax threshold is currently at $11.4 million. And so we'll see those types of plans often. It's very important that folks come in and update them. The other piece, again, going back to titling, is it's always a good opportunity for me as the attorney to sit down, give the client a thumbs up, and tell them the plan that you have drafted is fantastic. But 10 years ago when you drafted this plan, your assets looked completely different, and you haven't stayed up you haven't kept the upkeep necessary to make sure that the plan is doing what you need it to do. So let's look at your real estate holdings. How are they titled? How should they be titled? That new bank account you opened, is it funded to the trust appropriately so that it goes to those who you love and have designated in that trust? That's a huge piece of what we do with those reviews of those estate plans. 
You know, it's interesting you bring that up about the old levels for estate planning, the old tax issues at $2 million, now capped at 11.4. There's people 10 years ago, Alan, that were buying life insurance policies, putting those in irrevocable trusts, and they were trying to cover for a two to five, ten million dollar tax problem that would take care of that on a tax-free basis with that life insurance. And they've been paying all those premiums into this irrevocable trust. And now today they don't need that coverage because of tax law. It could be looked at, reduced, Uh, And in many cases, life insurance has gone down. So it's all part of the whole review process that you do and that we do in meeting with a client. So let's change gears here a little bit. Two other areas that seem to be misunderstood and absolutely should be included in everyone's estate plan is going to be your powers of attorney, your financial power of attorney and the medical powers of attorney. Could you walk through for a minute the importance of why people need to be sure those are current, updated, and in place? Absolutely. Whenever our firm gets involved with an estate or asset protection plan, we're going to take a very holistic view to this, which means we want to make sure your assets are going where you want them to go when you have passed away, that they're protected while you're alive, but also planning for that crucial scenario where you are living but incapacitated. The operating documents for those are the financial power of attorney as it relates to your assets and the medical power of attorney as it relates to decisions for your health care in the event of your incapacity. Just to give you some finances associated with that, it's very inexpensive to draft those powers of attorney, whether it be the financial aspect or the medical aspect. The reality is if those documents are not in place, The state has an interest in protecting you as a now incapacitated ward of the state, which means if you haven't gotten the correct documents in place, there is a very expensive adult probate process wherein you are petitioning the court as the spouse, as the child of a parent, as a loved one or otherwise, to get the court's permission for you to serve in that role. That's an expensive, time-consuming process that is so easily avoided by simply having the correct financial and medical powers of attorney in place. Crucially important, Vince. Great. Thank you very much, Alan. As you can see, folks, from the conversation, you'll get a feel for why at Wealth Strategy Advisory Group and our household endowment model, we have a wealth planning methodology here. It's not just about your investments your stocks, your bonds, your mutual funds. It also has a great deal to do with planning for the five key concerns all affluent people have. Wealth preservation, estate planning, tax mitigation, charitable giving, uh, asset protection. So when we sit down with a client, we are going to bring in for consultation with us, and there's no initial charge to do reviews, et cetera, with Alan and with Davis Miles, they are a very important part of our virtual family office. What is a virtual family office? A virtual family office is basically a financial team that has been assembled and you only use it on an as-needed basis as opposed to like many family offices, they go out and hire an attorney 
or two attorneys or three attorneys or five attorneys and accountants and investment people to work for them full time. So we offer the virtual family office. We also have a white paper that we're getting ready to post on the website that you can go to and download our virtual family office white paper. So Alan Solberg, thanks so much for joining us today on Your Money Manual. I hope you'll agree to come join us again because I know there's much more that needs to be said in the estate planning, asset protection, charitable giving, and tax planning world that you can assist us with. We would love that opportunity, Vince. Love working with you. Well, to learn more about us and the wealth management platform we call the Household Endowment Model, including our virtual family office, you can click over to the householdendowmentmodel.com and sign up for our various white papers. Also, when you sign up, you'll be among the first to get details about the release of my exciting new upcoming book, The Household Endowment Model, Wealth Planning for Affluent Families. It will be coming out soon, so stay tuned for more details. You can give us a call at Wealth Strategies Advisory Group. That number is 888-635-9724, or visit the website at wsagaz.com. I'm Vince Annable. Thanks very much for listening. We'll talk to you again on the next edition of Your Money Manual. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Your Money Manual with Vince Annable and that you'll share this podcast with friends, family, co-workers, and anyone you believe might have an interest. You can connect with us at Well Strategies Advisory Group and the Household Endowment Model on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And in addition to the Well Strategies Advisory Group website, you can find Your Money Manual where the best podcasts are heard, including the householdendowmentmodel.com, but also Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a host of other top podcast channels. For Vince Annable, I'm Jeff Allen. Thanks so much again for listening. This program has been presented for the education of our listeners only and is not intended as investment advice, nor is it intended as a solicitation of investment products or services of any kind. We encourage you to seek the advice of a licensed professional financial advisor before making any investment decisions. 